Welcome to the Profit Podcast, everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long, with your host, Calvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. Your host, Calvin Wright here, ready to talk about some fantasy football. Your host, Calvin Wright. What, what, what do you guys do if one day you, you turn on the podcast and it wasn't Calvin Wright, it was just some other dude? Like, hi, my name is Brad. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Pod. Well, you guys do. You guys have no clue what happens to me. If I died, I wonder how long it would take for you podcast listeners to realize that I... That's dark. Okay, um, let's get into some fantasy football. No idea where I was going with that. Uh, uh, it's fantasy football time. Guys, week five is pretty much in the books. We've got a Monday night game and then the Tuesday night game because the scheduling is crazy with uh, the COVID stuff. Uh, so Monday night, we've got the Chargers Saints. Should be a pretty good game. Sadly, Michael Thomas is out another week, so it will not be week seven. It will be week seven when we see him. Week seven. So two more weeks of no Michael Thomas. At that point, we're, we're, we're breaking on the edge of missing half the year, which is very disappointing. And then uh, tomorrow night, we got the Bills versus the Titans. Both teams are undefeated. Both teams are undefeated. That should be a pretty good game. We've got uh, A.J. Brown, Brown hopefully will be back and healthy. So that should be a very good game. Uh, Thursday night game, I think we discussed a while ago. Uh, so let's just hop right into it. A few things I want to talk about from each game. The Panthers-Falcons. That's the first one we're going to talk about. Panthers versus the Falcons. Teddy Bridgewater, 22 points. Very solid, fancy performance from him. Matt Ryan. This is the guy we got to be talking about. Matt Ryan. What is going on with Matt Ryan? He got off to the hot start. 26 points, followed by 28 points. Last three weeks, 11, 12, 6. That is, that is, that is not good, guys. That's horrible. He hasn't thrown a touchdown since the early set of week three. It's been now two and pretty much half games without a touchdown pass from him. And the volume's there. He's throwing it, you know, 40 times a game. But it's just not being converted into fantasy points. And I see a lot of people saying you should, uh, you know, we can go ahead and, and bench or drop Matt Ryan. I want to talk about, should we drop Matt Ryan? I don't think so. I mean, you can if there's a good guy out there. But um, it, the, the, the dip in production for Matt Ryan correlates uh, very heavily with Julio Jones's absence and limited action. It, it correlates directly. He hasn't really been healthy since, I mean, end of week two game, he was unhealthy. But when Julio Jones isn't on the field, Matt Ryan has struggled. That is just the fact of the season. Now, uh, do what you want with that information. I'm not expecting great numbers from Matt Ryan until Julio Jones is back on the field and actually, you know, 100%. Uh, so if that's going to be a little longer, then yeah, you can drop Matt Ryan. He'll be there on the waivers for you waiting. But uh, yeah, that's that's what's going on with Matt Ryan. Very disappointing. Expecting better things this year from him. Running back position. Panthers. Mike Davis. I'm going to say it, guys. It, it was opposite of what we thought. Christian McCaffrey is the poor man's Mike Davis. Mike Davis looks looks so chunky when he runs out there. It's 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 impressive. The dude looks so so not stereotypical good running back, and he's producing high level fantasy numbers. Comes in week two, fifteen points. We say, okay, okay, that's pretty good. Week three, twenty three. Week four, twenty two. Week 5, 29. And the involvement in the passing game is putting up Christian McCaffrey-level numbers. Not quite as good, but holy smokes. Mike Davis, if you lost McCaffrey and handcuffed him with Davis, you have been fine. And Mike Davis has been one of the best waiver wire pickups of the season. If you were hurting at running back, you lost someone other than McCaffrey. Or if you just waited to draft a running back so later in the round, Mike Davis has been phenomenal. Todd Gurley on the side of the ball had another good game. Um, 15 points, 19 points, 26. That's the past three weeks. Really only one bad week this season. 
Uh, obviously, Carolina, he had the juicy matchup. They've been pretty much the worst defense. It'll be a little harder probably against Minnesota. He has, does have Detroit and then Carolina coming up again. So Todd Gurley continues to be a lowish-end RB1, very high-end RB2, and I expect similar results as long as he's healthy. So a good game there. Now the wide receiver position. Holy smokes. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. DJ Moore, congratulations. You finally came through and had a good game. It's been a while, DJ Moore. Week two was the last time you hit uh, a double digit or double digit points, 21 points in week two. And then week five, you finally bounce back after two eight-week performances and you put up 19 points. Um, so yeah, Atlanta, horrible secondary. So the matchup is definitely a factor. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot harder against Chicago this coming week. What are we doing with DJ Moore? I posted an article a couple of hours ago on the Instagram. Now we're going to be talking about him. But DJ Moore, here are my thoughts. Sell him high. Sell him high. You drafted DJ Moore with the, the idea in your head that he was going to be not only the wide receiver one on your fantasy team, but the wide receiver one on the NFL team, the Carolina Panthers. Neither of those are true. He is not producing as a wide receiver one in fantasy football, two good games, and he is not producing as the wide receiver one on the Panthers. Robbie Anderson is the wide receiver one on the Panthers. Robbie Anderson is averaging 9.4 targets per game. Moore is only averaging 7.4, which sounds good, but, but there's a big difference. And Anderson has been targeted, so it just... Even in this game where DJ Moore bounced back, he had, what was it? Yeah, four of five for 93 yards. Robbie Anderson went eight of 13 for 112. The difference was the touchdown. That's why DJ Moore's numbers look so great. But if Moore didn't grab that, that big touchdown, it was another disappointing game from DJ Moore. It was another disappointing game. Robbie Anderson is the one. He's the guy to own. He hasn't posted a single game that's not double digits, 26, 18, 10, 17, 20, number six PPR wide receiver. And I talked about it. I've been talking about it for the past, what, two, three weeks. I keep saying, guys, find the Robbie Anderson owner and trade for him because people don't realize yet that Robbie Anderson, this is the new Robbie Anderson. I've been saying that forever. This is the new Robbie Anderson. He's no longer a boomer bust Does he catch the deep touchdown. No, Robbie Anderson should be considered a top 12 wide receiver from here on out. And I'm starting to see TikToks. I'm starting to see Instagram posts considering him that, saying, oh, you, we got Robbie Anderson, and saying, oh, Robbie Anderson is the real... I've been telling you guys, grab Robbie Anderson because this is the new Robbie Anderson. There's a chance he puts up a bad game against Chicago. If he does, hopefully, if you don't own him, then you could try to grab him. Someone think, okay, the, the, the streak is over. Because he's got New Orleans, Atlanta coming up. Kansas City just got completely torched by Henry Ruggs and the, uh, and the Oakland Raiders. And then Detroit later. So Robbie Anderson, guys, I'm telling you, he's, he's the breakout wide receiver, I think. He's the breakout wide receiver. We all talked this offseason. Who is the next Chris Godwin? Who is the next wide receiver that's flying under the radar, that just breaks out all over the place and is a great fantasy option? Calvin Ridley was an obvious choice. Calvin Ridley was such an obvious choice that it became impossible because he wasn't under the radar anymore. A lot of people really liked uh, Robert Woods. He was another choice for that. Uh, I, I, I like Terry McLaurin and Robert Woods, but guys, the next Chris Godwin is Robbie Anderson, and the reason he's not receiving the hype is because no one predicted it. No one was expecting this. Not a single fantasy analyst I've seen on Twitter, I've seen on YouTube, I've seen a podcast or on Instagram was predicting good production from Robbie Anderson. No one. And that's one of the reasons why he's so underhyped is because there aren't pages or analysts going out there taking their victory lap saying, oh, I told you guys, Robbie Anderson. So he's still kind of unclaimed territory for the fantasy football industry. So he's just flying under the radar as the number six PPR wide receiver. And he's only caught one of those huge touchdowns. He's only caught the one huge deep ball in, in week one, I think it was. He's doing this with just consistent high levels of targets. And he's he. this is so exciting to see Robbie Anderson finally emerging as the player that we had hoped he would be several years back. But Robbie Anderson, guys, if you can't tell, I'm excited. 
I'm excited about Robbie Anderson. And DJ Moore, I am selling high after this performance because Robbie Anderson is the guy to own. Now, Calvin Ridley got it done again. Talk about the next Chris Godwin. I think they're both, you know, Calvin Ridley, number three PPR wide receiver, uh, had the bad week against Green Bay where he just completely disappeared. Five targets, zero receptions, zero yards. Bounce back. He's fine, guys. 10 targets, 8 receptions, 136 yards. Could have been a bigger game. Didn't even get a touchdown. Calvin Ridley, guys. This is the new Calvin Ridley for the rest of the year, I think. Uh, I think it's to the point where we have a bad game from him and we say, throw it out, throw it out. That's that's an anomaly. The, the new standard for Calvin Ridley is 20 plus points. So, yeah. Uh, that's that's Young Hoku had a great game. He's so good. Young Hoku. Uh, double digits. Okay. Next game, we'll talk about Cincinnati versus the Baltimore Ravens. The Bengals got their their booties whooped, three to twenty-seven. Joe Burrow coming off the win against Jacksonville had a had a rough rude rude awakening. One hundred and eighty-three yards for a, an interception, no touchdown, just completely shut down. He did have uh, he did have ten yards on three carries, which is nice, but he fumbled twice, so. Yeah, uh, bad game for Joe Burrow. Hope you weren't starting him. Lamar Jackson, though, had a bad game, and that's uh, that's worrisome. The fact that Lamar still hasn't had really a, a, a phenomenal game. Week 1, 27, and week 4, 25. Those are two good games, but not, not phenomenal, not worthy of a second-round pick, by all means. He has, against Houston, 17, Kansas City, 14, Cincinnati now, 13. These are the matchups that we were hoping he would explode on. He's not running. Two attempts for three yards. That's not what we want from Lamar Jackson. He's not throwing well. Not very accurate. Doesn't look that good. And now he's got Philadelphia. This is the last of the supposedly easy matchups. And then he's got back-to-back Pittsburgh. Then he comes back, has Indianapolis, New England, Tennessee, Pittsburgh. Guys... I'm hitting the panic button on Lamar Jackson. I am hitting that panic button, and I am hitting it hard. I was low on Lamar Jackson. I considered him the biggest bust candidate of the year because, you know, whenever we see a historic season, you know, they crash back down to earth. They crash back down to earth, not worth the draft pick. But I wasn't expecting something quite like this. I was expecting him to be not this bad. This is worrisome for Lamar Jackson. Hopefully... He can get things together. I don't even know what you do with him if you have him. Because, I mean, this past week, he hurt you. It's not like, oh, he just hasn't done a lot. He's, he's hurting you in a few of these games. And the, the scheduling, this is the easy part of the schedule. This team, the Ravens are weird. The Ravens are strange. I can't figure out what's going on in that backfield. Gus Edwards, seven carries. For 25 yards. Mark Ingram, 11 carries for 57 yards. J.K. Dobbins, one carry for 34 yards. What are they? Th- I don't get it. How can, in the, with what, what was it, six minutes left in the second quarter, they give J.K. Dobbins the ball. He breaks, what, like five tackles, bounces out to the edge, tiptoes the sideline, barrows a guy over. 34 yard run. How do they look at that and say, well, Good job. That's enough of J.K. Dobbins. Put back in Gus the bus. How? Do, what is the logic there? Your rookie has a 34-yard run on one carry, and you don't give him the ball again? It makes absolutely no sense, and he's he's most efficient in the passing game out of the other receivers. Three for 21 on three. I don't understand why they won't use him. Baltimore, choose a running back. Choose Ingram. Choose Edwards or Dobbins. But you got to make up your mind. You got to just make up your mind and go with a guy because your offense is struggling. Lamar Jackson is struggling. The, the tempo, everything is just off with the Ravens right now. I know they have four wins, but they're not playing like a team with four wins. And now I do expect J.K. Dobbins to get increased work. It doesn't make sense. Greg Roman is smart enough that he can go back, watch the tape, and say J.K. Dobbins needs to get the ball. He's explosive. He's dynamic. He can be out there on third downs. He will get the ball. So continue to buy low on J.K. Dobbins. The breakout is going to come. It's going to take a while, I think. But it will come eventually. But holy smokes, just just bizarre backfield usage. Now the Bengals, 
this is nice. Joe Mixon had a horrible game. Horrible. Just absolutely disgusting. 24 for 59, and he still had a decent fantasy game. 15 points in a matchup where they just completely got boat raced and destroyed. Joe Mixon had a safe floor because he had six receptions on eight targets. Guys, you don't understand how huge this is. Look, through weeks one to three, he had, what, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine targets through those first three weeks. Yesterday, he had eight targets. They have changed the offensive ideology. And Joe Mixon is now the pass-catching back. Giovanni Bernard, weeks one, five targets. Week seven, week, week one, five targets. Week two, seven targets. Week three, three targets. Zero targets, two targets. Giovanni Bernard has been written out of the, out of the narrative because he screwed up. He made a huge mistake a couple of weeks ago. He dropped the ball on a critical play, and they have not given him another chance. They've given it to Joe Mixon, and he is producing way, way better than Giovanni Bernard was. So that's this is what people are going to be on TikTok saying, ah, what happened to you liking Joe Mixon? He, he was awful. No. The fact that his bad game was 15 points against one of the best rush defenses where they got completely destroyed... That's exciting. That's more exciting than the 43-point game. We are finally seeing RB1-level floors for Joe Mixon because he's finally getting involved consistently in the passing game. I expect a big bounce back this week against Indianapolis. This is the type of game where even if it's a good rush defense, they can stay in the game. They're not going to get destroyed by Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is so bad. So yeah, big bounce back for coming for Joe Mixon. Honestly, the receiving situation for the Bengals this game was bad. I'm not going to talk about it. We're, we're not changing anything with Boyd or anything. Um, uh, A.J. Green's done for, for a while. No timetable return. It, hamstring. He's out of the picture. Out of the picture. Sad, but... Marquise Hollywood Brown finally had a good day. Uh, that's two back-to-back double-digit points. Uh, he got ten for six, or six for 10, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Nice little bounce back. He's got Philadelphia, not the best secondary. He does have Slayton. Then he's got two Pittsburghs, Indianapolis and New England. I was a big proponent of Marquise Hollywood Brown, but I think he is the best player to sell high right now because Lamar Jackson doesn't look that great passing the ball. He doesn't. Um, Marquise Brown has been very inconsistent with a low floor. And he's got Darius Slayton, then two games against Pittsburgh, and then Indianapolis, New England, Tennessee, Pittsburgh coming up. There isn't a week in there where I am comfortable starting him. That So if you can flip him for, you know, anything, I don't know. If you can flip Marquise Brown for something like Tyler Boyd, you probably can't get Boyd, but I, I would explore trade options for Marquise Brown. The next game, Houston versus Jacksonville. Houston bounced back after firing Bill O'Brien. Deshaun Watson had a good game, 26 points. Gardner Minshew continued to be a very good streaming candidate. Uh, 20 points, 25, 9, 22, 21. He's top 20 points all but one game. And he's got Detroit next week. Expected to continue. He's probably on the waivers because no one really views him as a legit quarterback. James Robinson finally fell back to earth. He uh, rushed for 13 times for 48 yards. Still pretty involved in the pass game. Did lose a fumble. Uh, I expect a bounce back against Detroit. Detroit's the type of matchup that can give people bounce backs. So if you if you want to buy James Robinson, now is the time to do it because a lot of owners were probably thinking, like, how long is this going to last, the James Robinson wave? And they may be thinking, oh, okay, it's done. He had the 30-point game. 14, tapering down, down to 10. And I think he's a good candidate to buy. If you could try to trade like Marquise Brown, someone for James Robinson, I would do that. Um, David Johnson, uh, not the best game. Not the best game, uh, at least fantasy-wise. Only 12 points. 
But uh, interesting, 5.6 yards per carry, 96 yards on 17 rushes, four targets. This is the type of game he has a touchdown. It's an 18-point game. And we're saying, ah, David Johnson's back. So David Johnson, uh, possible by low candidate. He's still not my favorite guy. Not 100% sure I trust him. And he doesn't have a lot of great matchups coming up. But David Johnson, if you've got him, don't panic. He just needs to find the end zone. LaVisca Chenault uh, was the number one wide receiver for the Jaguars. A great waiver pickup. Been saying it for quite a while now. LaVisca Chenault needs to be rostered. DJ Chark had a bust week. Holy smokes. He had the 29-point game and now four. I expect a bounce back, but it's just going to be a headache, I think, for Chark this year. Brandon Cooks. Wow. Brandon Cooks, welcome back. Four points, 14, 5, 0, 31. That's nice to see. Nice to see from Brandon Cooks finally getting targets. Three targets last week, 12 targets this week. And hey, they won. Maybe they should get the ball to their best players. Uh, well, that's what they're doing now that Bill O'Brien's gone. So Cooks, there is a very good chance he's available in your leagues. And I would definitely be trying to roster him if he is available uh, we we have enough of a sample size to know that Brandon Cooks is a great wide receiver as long as he's healthy, and I expect pretty good production from him rest of the season. All righty. Las Vegas versus the Chiefs. The Raiders won. Derek Carr went off. Patrick Mahomes went off too, but Derek Carr got the best of him in the end. Can we expect decent fantasy production from Derek Carr from here on out? Um, Decent streaming guy, yeah. Um, I think he's going to kind of be what what he is, you know, 18 to 25 points each week, uh, pretty consistent. He's not going to win you weeks, but if you, you need a quarterback and he's on the waivers, grab him. He'll be good. Josh Jacobs, um, man, Josh Jacobs, two touchdowns, 22 points. I'm talking about Josh Jacobs. He's the number seven running back in PPR leagues. It's all because of the touchdowns, though. He, he really hasn't had a great game apart from the touchdowns so far. He's got five touchdowns, averages out to one a game, but only two weeks as he scored. Um, it, it's, it's frustrating if you own him. I do in a league. And he's been not, not that great on the ground. He really hasn't. 3.7 yards per carry, 3.3, 4.4, 3.2, 3.3. He's not, he's not very efficient. He's not, very involved in the passing game, apart from week one. 17 yards, 12, 25, 8. The saving grace for him has been touchdowns. He gives you a bad week and then saves it with three touchdowns. Uh, look at the game logs. He's been bad, outright bad, for three of the five weeks. The only difference, though, in the other games is the touchdowns. So what, what, what was the difference between his week three game against New England where he had 71 yards and 9 fantasy points. In week 5, when he had 77 yards and 22 fantasy points, the touchdowns. He's completely touchdown dependent. That's not what I like for my RB1. Coming up, he's got a bye week. Then Tampa Bay, one of the best rush defenses. Cleveland, a pretty good rush defense. Chargers, a pretty good rush defense. Are we uh, worried about Josh Jacobs? I am. I'm a bit worried. I would try to trade Josh Jacobs. He's, he's touchdown dependent. That's not something I want from my RB1. If you can package Josh Jacobs and land Christian McCaffrey or something who's going to return soon, I would do so. Because you're going to send a trade request or a trade, and they're going to see Josh Jacobs and go, oh, name recognition. I love Josh Jacobs. They're going to say, oh, he's, he's doing well. He's number seven overall. And they're not going to realize that he's bombed your team throughout the five weeks and he's completely touchdown dependent. So yeah, I am exploring trade options for Josh Jacobs because I'm pretty worried about the touchdown dependency. And I'm worried that Devin or, or uh, uh, Devontae Booker is getting carries. Uh, it's And Jalen Richard is involved in the receiving game. That's, you know, Richard is averaging about 4.5 receptions. That's not... This isn't the bell cow, Josh Jacobs, pass-catching, uh, workhorse, goal-line guy we were hoping for. It's not. And it's time to reevaluate him and say, this isn't what you're hoping for. Try to try to move him. Clyde Edwards-Solaire. Um, man, he's been frustrating. Clyde Edwards-Solaire, I, I know yardage stuff, he's doing well, but it's... 
he hasn't delivered a great game for you. He's he's the definition of low end RB one, twelve twelfth overall running back in PPR leagues. Um, game scripted out. That's weird. Rushed ten times for forty yards. Brought in three of targets for forty yards. Ah, oh, man, this was a good matchup too. What do you do with Clyde Edwards Hilaire? This is this is what we saw with uh Kareem Hunt back, what was it, two no, three, four years ago? 2017, 16. I don't know, I forget what year. But this is what we saw that rookie year. He was very efficient, very great, but but for some reason he didn't get the volume we'd hoped for. And he had a few games in there that were just extremely disappointing. Let me pull up Kareem Hunt's fantasy game logs from his rookie years, guys. So it's yeah, here it is. I remember, I was right. 2017. Kareem Hunt. If you weren't playing fantasy or paying attention, he comes in after uh, uh, Spencer Ware tears his ACL in preseason. Week one against New England, he rips off 46 fantasy points. Just a phenomenal game. Then 25, 26, 17, 15, 16, 15. He's looking like this is the best running back ever. Holy smokes. Then it starts to dwindle with nine points, then 10 points, and then 10 points. And then three points and nine points. And I remember owning him. I owned him in several leagues back then because I was pretty high on him. Uh, but yeah, the week nine against Dallas, he had nine carries, then 11 carries, nine carries. Just the volume for whatever reason wasn't there. And we're seeing something similar with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think. He's efficient. He's great at pass catching. But for some reason, sometimes... The volume isn't there. And it's bizarre. And I don't think there's a, this is the solution. I think it just, if you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you have to be prepared that any given time, he may just not be utilized as much as we he should be. And that's kind of been a theme for Chiefs running backs in the past. That just sometimes they don't get the ball. Now, the promising thing, is that when Kareem Hunt, back in 2017, he had that lull of, what, like five, six, seven games, you know? Week 12 against Buffalo, he had 11 carries, three points. It, 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 it was corrected. And by week 14, he was getting 25, 24, 29 carries again. He put up 20 to 40 fantasy points in each of those. So that is the the saving grace for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is that we've seen in the past when this happens, when they abandon the run game and stop giving it to their dynamic pass-catching running backs, they have in the past corrected it and almost overcorrected it. I mean, 29 carries in week 16 of 2017 for Kareem Hunt. And I hate saying, oh, look, this is four years ago or whatever. Three years ago, sorry. Um, and a different player. I know situation's different. But it is worth noting that this isn't, completely unheard of for this to happen. So Clyde Ertelaire, I think you hold him. The trade value, you don't want to sell low on him because he is good. He's going to have good games. He's got Jets and Carolina coming up. He's got some nice matchups. Miami, Atlanta, week 16 in the, in the Super Bowl for fantasy, you know. So I think hold Clyde Ertelaire. I think he's a decent buy low option because he is a dynamic running back who can do it all. And as I said in the past, when the Chiefs go around, go away from the run game for some reason, they usually tend to overcorrect. All righty. Next up, Henry Ruggs, Nelson Aguilar, huge games. Tyreek Hill, huge game. Henry Ruggs, this is funny, 20 fantasy points on two catches. Uh, he's, he's the new Robbie Anderson. <laughs> he's the new Robbie Anderson. Uh, yeah, complete boomer bust guy. Aguilar, I'm not, you know, super interested in Nelson Aguilar. Uh, he, he can be a solid, solid guy, but he's got a bye week. Not doing anything. Tyreek Hill, we know he's good. Don't need to talk a lot about him. Nice to see him get a uh, good game. Travis Kelsey, good game. Darren Waller, good game. Nothing shocking there. All right, on to the next one. Arizona Cardinals versus the New York Jets. Man, here we go. How? How is Adam Gase still uh, in work? How? Bill O'Brien's been fired. Dan Quinn's been fired. How does Adam Gase still have a job? No one can explain it to me. 
No one can explain to me how Adam Gase still has a job. Kyler Murray got it done another fantastic fantasy game with 28 points. Um, he's, he's been doing really well for fantasy. Number four quarterback overall. Chase Edmonds got the 20 points. Chase Edmonds got 20 points on only uh, three attempts, but he ripped off the big touchdown run. And Kenyon Drake, time to talk about Kenyon Drake. I, I said on TikTok, I said I, I guarantee a 25-point game from Kenyon Drake. The matchup looked oh so juicy. It was so oh so juicy. He just didn't do well. So I got to make an apology to the biggest Kenyon Drake slander page on TikTok, Fantasy Outlaws. I'm sorry for ever believing that Kenyon Drake would do well. If you started him, thankfully he got the touchdown, didn't completely kill you, but holy smokes, Kenyon Drake is... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Fantasy Outlaws. I'm sorry, Profit fans. I'm sorry, America. And I am sorry to myself for believing in Kenyon Drake. Moving on, how do I see that backfield? Um, it's ugly. It's ugly, guys. Chase Edmonds is more than involved in the passing game. Five of six for 56 yards in the receiving game. Uh, last week, he had six targets, too. He's really what's capping Drake's fantasy value no no involvement in the in the receiving game for Kenny and Drake that's because it's going to Edmonds we got a we've got ourselves a classic ugly fantasy football tandem with Drake and Chase Edmonds I still stand by what I say that Drake will have huge games I still stand by that but they're going to be way too difficult to predict because they're just they're just going to seem random just random Kenyon Drake will have huge games, and Chase Edmonds will have random huge games. But in terms of predicting who to start, it's going to be a complete disaster. I guess Chase Edmonds is the safer fantasy option right now as he's more involved in the pass game. But Kenyon Drake, so disappointing in this matchup for him to not do better. This is really his last chance in my eyes. Now, I, I definitely expect him to have a 25-point game against uh, Dallas 100% expecting that, you know, everyone is out on Kenny and Drake officially. He was just holding on for the last person to give up on him, and now he's going to explode. So that's <laughs> that's what's going to happen there. Oh, man, DeAndre Hopkins. What do you know? He's good. He's good at football. I didn't know that. Um, seven for six, or six for seven, 131 yards and touchdown. Number one, PPR wide receiver. Yeah, he's good. We know. Uh, Christian Kirk, not much doing. Andy Isabella, another another nice game, I guess. You know, he's he's had some decent uh production, so he's the type of guy in good matchups. If you've got a lot of injuries and need pure upside, take a shot at him. We gotta talk about the next guy though, Jamison Crowder. Uh, guys, wh why don't you appreciate Jamison Crowder? He's played three games. And he's averaging, what, like 23 fantasy points. Week one, he played 25 points. Week four, he played 18 points. Week five, he played 26 points. Targets, 13, 10, 10. It doesn't matter what quarterback is thrown. If it's Darnold or Joe Flacco, Jamison Crowder is the only weapon in the receiving game, and he's a good weapon. He's played three games, has over 100 yards in each, has two touchdowns. Kenny, uh, Jamison Crowder, guys, it's time to start viewing him as a legitimate wide receiver one in fantasy football because he's played three games and he's doing way better than everyone else. And still people don't see him as anything more than a flex play. I don't get it. I don't get how you guys can hate Jamison Crowder as much as you do. Last year, he, he was great. He was great last year. He had a couple bad stretches, but, but Jamison Crowder... Maybe not wide receiver. Wide receiver two. Let's okay. Wide receiver two. Just just give him some respect. He's making the most with such horrible situations. Le'Veon Bell. We got to talk about too. Um, he returned, had thirteen attempts for sixty yards and four point six yards per carry. Only one target for seven yards. Not much doing. What do we do with Le'Veon Bell? Worth rostering, you know, um, not starting him yet. I need to see something from Le'Veon Bell before I throw him into my lineup, but definitely worth rostering because he is a starting running back in the league. Uh, very annoyed to see Frank Gore get nine carries. That's disgusting. But, uh, but yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this one. This one's going to be fun. Eagles versus Steelers. Uh, Carson Wentz 
is not very good, I don't think. Um, he hasn't been doing much. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, decent game, I guess. But Miles Sanders, have I talked about Miles Sanders yet? No, I haven't. I haven't. I talked about Josh Jacobs. Now we're going to talk about Miles Sanders because this is another very important player. This is another player who's probably your running back one on your team, and you've been frustrated, but despite the frustration, you think he's doing well, and I'm here to say he isn't. Okay? <laughs> I just realized that made no sense. Miles Sanders. Rips off a 74-yard run in the first half. Okay, you're excited. It's going to be a great game. He finishes with 80 yards. We, I think you guys are smart enough to do the math. That's uh, six yards apart from one carry. He was one play a game from a game that had uh, 10 attempts for six yards and a touchdown. He was one play a game from that. He was one play away from that stat line. The usage is baffling and frustrating. 20 attempts and 7 targets. Okay, that's good. 18 attempts and 8 targets. Okay, that's still good. 13 attempts and 4 targets. Okay. 11 attempts and 4 targets. Yikes. What's going on? Why aren't they giving Miles Sanders the ball? We saw what he can do when he gets the ball. He ripped off the 74-yard rod, but I, I, I'm sorry to say, unless Miles Sanders is getting... Uh, 15 to 23 touches per game, then I don't like him as my running back one. I want him having 20 touches a game. That That's my, that's where I want it to be. It's fine if he's getting, you know, 15, 16, 17. That's fine, I guess. But he's not getting the ball enough. And we're seeing a lackluster fantasy performances. If we take away the one play, look, that's 74 yards at seven six or seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 points. Deduct that from his game. He has 10 points overall yesterday. And then suddenly you're looking at two back-to-back games with nine points and then 10 points. And you're horrified about Miles Sanders. He, his, his games have been inflated. And it's, it's a very misrepresentative that the finished total stat line of yesterday is very misrepresentative of how this went. He's got Baltimore next week. That's a little worrisome. Baltimore just stifled Joe Mixon pretty much. He does have the Giants in Dallas and then Giants again, but but if he's not getting the ball, how, how much is he going to do? I guess my worry is that Miles Sanders, yes, he has the upside, but he doesn't have the floor that I hoped he'd had because they won't give him the ball as much as they should. And it's worrisome because in in the juicy matchups, is he going to have the upside we'd hoped for if he's not getting the ball? So I'm not saying get rid of Miles Sanders. I'm not saying you need to buy Miles Sanders. I'm just saying I am, if I own him, which I am, I'm paying close attention to how they're, handling that backfield and the carries. Because unless he's getting 20 touches a game, I am not comfortable with him being my running back one. Now he does have the Giants, Dallas, and then the Giants coming up, three juicy matchups. But unless he's getting the ball, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know. Explore trade options. Explore them. Don't just ship him off for the sake of shipping him off. But explore trade options because I there are several guys I like more than Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon being one of them. All righty, James Conner on the other side of the ball. Decent game, 15 points. Not much to say there. Uh, not very efficient. Got the touchdown. Uh, you know, he, he's frustrating. But at the same time, he has enough upside that you got to start him each week. Travis Fulham and Chase Claypool combined. Four, four, five, six, seven, seventy-five fantasy points between those two guys. And I don't think anyone started either of them. That's the best part about it. Uh, now, this is weird because usually when we see these no-name players explode, it's because they took one reception for 80 yards. But these guys were heavily involved. Fulham had 13 receptions, and Claypool had uh, <clears throat> uh, 11 or, or, or 11 targets. So are we expecting them to be viable fantasy options from here on out? Part of me says yes, but part of me says no way, Calvin. Of course not. But 
here's the fact. For Fulham, at least, there isn't another option on that team, really. There isn't someone who he stole the job from this week. Claypool, you know, oh, he stole the job from Johnson and Juju and Washington. And you can say, okay, so he's less, way less trustworthy. He, for some reason, he was the guy who left, was left unguarded, forgotten by the defense, and Roethlisberger found him for the three touchdowns. So I'm less excited about him, though he is worth a roster spot. Uh, but Fulham, what's exciting there is week four against San Francisco, he had the touchdown, which got him 13 points. And then he came back after the touchdown and he put up 32 points, a monster game, but there wasn't another receiver that he stole work from. It's not that it's not that there's a number one and he took over that spot. There was no number one wide receiver on the Eagles. He became it. The question is, is he talented enough to retain this role? And if so, is this offense good enough for the number one receiver role on the Eagles to be worth starting in fantasy? I think so. I think this defense is bad. They're going to be playing from behind a lot. So Fulham, I am very excited about. Uh, I'm not saying I'm expecting 32 fantasy points, but I'm excited about him. Baltimore coming up, that's a real, real test for Fulham. And then he does have the Giants, Dallas, and then Giants after that. So Fulham and Claypool, definitely worth starting. If I were to prioritize one, I would prioritize Fulham. <sighs> Zach Ertz is dead to me. One fantasy point. What, what on earth? What is going on with Ertz? He's just not doing well at all. No idea what to say about him. But I, I think he's... You know, I'm done with him. I'm done with Zach Ertz. All right, this next one, Rams football team. <laughs> um, da -da -ba -da -ba. Jared Goff had himself a nice day, 26 points. Uh, expect pretty good numbers from him rest of the season. Like him as a quarterback one. Uh, Darrell Henderson continued his stretch of dominance. It's now been, you know, he's basically been playing for four weeks and he has 20 points in all the weeks except for one. So I think he's definitely worth starting from here on out if you uh, if you have him. I don't think you can bench him after what he's done. Uh, pff, the guy I want to talk about, though, is... Okay, Woods, Cups, did well. Let's get them out of the way. Did well. Not talking about them. The quarterback, the, the Washington football team. Uh, so Antonio Gibson, 10 points. Didn't get much done on the ground. 11 for 27. Saved himself with five receptions for 24 yards. Had 10 points. Uh, honestly, uh, it was a really good rush defense this game. And Kyle Allen was horrible. And then Alex Smith came in and was har hardly better. Um, <laughs> so... It's just a matter of this situation was so bad today. The quarterback carousel of misery, and it was a good defense they were facing. So I'm not overly worried about Gibson. I expect the situation to get better because there will be maybe more certainty at the situation. Hopefully they aren't going to be changing their quarterback in the game. That's always you know shaky for an offense. And it's worth noting, New York Giants, Dallas, New York Giants, Detroit, Cincinnati, Dallas, coming up for Antonio Gibson. So even if the quarterback situation is gross, I think those defenses are grosser and he will still be fantasy startable as a flex. And then Terry McLaurin, I want to talk about because people are worried because, well, he's been doing well. They throw in the new quarterback in five points. Saw seven targets, which is good. Just resulted in three receptions for 26 yards. Awful targets. Uh, same narrative with Antonio Gibson. I think this was a matter of the bad quarterback situation and a great defense. And I think things will get better with Giants, Dallas, New York Giants, Detroit, Cincinnati, Dallas, 
coming up for Terry McLaurin. So Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson are two of my favorite buy lows because they're coming off bad weeks and the situation is just so obviously disgusting that there's no, 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 no wonder as to why they did poorly. Everyone knows it's like, yeah, because the Washington football team's horrible and they don't have a quarterback. And you say, yeah, I know. I still want them because the matchups are there and the talent is there. And I don't care who's throwing them the ball. I think they will produce. So that's those are my thoughts on those two guys. Now the Dolphins, 49ers, uh, CJ Beater, Jimmy Garoppolo, no idea what to say about that. Gross, disgusting. Raheem Mostert, though, is not gross and disgusting. He is someone to go out and buy because he only had 14 fantasy points coming off the injury, and uh, that's that's not that phenomenal. But he turned 11 attempts into 90 yards. It, that's good. He's efficient as crap. 8.2 yards per carry. Had a couple receptions. He had himself a nice day. He has shown when he's playing, he's one of the most explosive running backs out there right now. And he's someone to try to buy because, well... He's efficient. If he gets in the goal line, suddenly that's an 18-point game. And I'm not worried because Jarek McKinnon, as soon as Mostart came back, McKinnon did nothing. Only one attempt. Miles Gaskin. Uh, Miles Gaskin is a very solid RB2. I talked about it, I think, three weeks ago it was. And I said, this is what I'm expecting from Miles Gaskin. I think he's a very solid RB2. Going to be averaging, you know, 10 to 20 points just based on matchups, touchdowns, stuff like that. But, um... He's coming off a uh, 20-point game, uh, not overly efficient, but there's it's just a lack of weapons in this offense that he's going to get some touchdowns. He's going to get some work. So Miles Gaskin, not excited about. I don't think he's the most talented guy in the league or anything, but uh, it's his backfield. It is his backfield, and I think he's going to be a decent, lowish-end RB2. Preston Williams had himself a nice day, not expecting that to really continue against Denver, Chargers, Rams, Arizona. Uh, not too excited. This was kind of a Fitzpatrick kind of day where he just did his thing. And then Parker, another bad game. You know, 50 yards touchdown, but only two receptions. He's quietly been a very big bust. Only one good game this year. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, not much going. Debo Samuel, still not healthy, I don't think. Not going to waste more time on this one. Kittle, expect to rebound. Gasicki, huge game. Love him. I've been preaching Gasicki all offseason. He's blowing my expectations. At least these past, you know, two weeks. Uh, but the tight end situation is so gross that just, just find someone and stick with him. <laughs> all right, Colts, Browns. Man alive. Philip Rivers. I got hate on TikTok for saying Philip Rivers is washed. So I hope you guys watch this because he had 240 yards, two interceptions, and no touchdowns. The dude can't throw the ball. He looks so bad. He looks so bad. And Baker Mayfield, uh, not startable in fantasy, not much better. It was just a matter of, wow, Philip Rivers is so bad that they couldn't capitalize on the two interceptions. Jonathan Taylor, a little frustrating too. He's still not getting as, as much work as we wanted. You know, only 12 carries. He does have Cincinnati, which I think this is the, the breakout week for Jonathan Taylor. I think this is the week. I'm going to pl plant my flag in it right now. This is the week Jonathan Taylor has the breakout. The, he's the only thing in this offense that's working. And I think in this coming matchup, they will lean on him heavily. Kareem Hunt had himself a very nice day. This is what I expect as long as Chubb is gone. Um, Jarvis Landry, uh, Higgins, and Beckham all had like 10 to 12 points. Beckham, I hope you sold high after the one of the big games he had, probably against either Cincinnati or Dallas, but I don't think he's a very reliable fantasy option. Same with Jarvis, really. Not, not much doing. Austin Hooper, though, he is someone to buy because, as I mentioned, the tight end position is disgusting, but he has quietly had 14 points and 10 points with five receptions of each. Uh, and the tight end position is gross enough that when, there, when you see someone who's talented, you should grab them. All right. Almost last one. Giants, Cowboys, Dak Prescott broke his ankle. A gruesome injury he has done for the season. What does this mean for fantasy? It means Elliott will see more goal line work, will be more involved. Uh, Lamb, Gallup, and Cooper. Uh, I, I expect a slight dip of production. And then Andy Dalton, 
Uh, do we do we like him as a starter for fantasy at all? Um, you know, I do. I think he's a good streaming candidate. He, in good matchups, I think will have good games. He's got Washington in a couple weeks in Philadelphia. He's got Washington come out again and Cincinnati later on and Philly. So those those are all matchups that you can start him in. And Dak Prescott, I know, is better. But part of the reason Dak has been so good is this new Mike McCarthy system of no defense, throwing the ball, you know, 40, 50 times a game. And I think if they try to do that with Andy Dalton, he will be fantasy relevant. So he's the type of guy that is a good streaming candidate if you just lost Dak. <laughs> Devontae Freeman had a nice day. Uh, hope you guys listened and tried to get him after the hype was died down because, you know, I was expecting horrible production for a couple weeks. And then suddenly, as soon as the matchups get better, he'll be the clear-cut guy. Uh, Darius Slayton. This is... This is honestly my most accurate prediction, I think, ever. I said after week one that after he blew up for 29 points, I said that Darius Slayton was going to have several horrible weeks and he should buy low. And then against Dallas and Washington and Philly, he would bounce back big time. So that is actually one of the most uh, 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 successful predictions I've ever had. And Darius Slayton, I think, is definitely startable these next couple of weeks against Washington and um, possibly Philadelphia if you don't have better options. Final game, we've got Minnesota and the Seahawks. They uh, had a great game Sunday night. That was an amazing game. Russell Wilson got the final touchdown to DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf has officially become the wide receiver one in, uh, in Seattle. He's the number four overall PPR wide receiver right now. I don't think he's being talked about it like that, but he doesn't have a bad game this season. 19, 19, 20, 15, 27. Not a single performance this week, this year has been bad for DK Metcalf. Lockett, on the other hand, 17, 19, 38, 5, 8. Lockett has become a boomer bust play, uh, very inconsistent, whereas DK is now really the, the number one, the consistent guy who also has upside. Adam Thielen, on the other side, had a huge game with a, with a couple of touchdowns. Um, this is Adam Thielen. You're always going to start him if you have him. But it's just pretty inconsistent because, well, Kirk Cousins has been inconsistent. And then Justin Jefferson uh, finally fell back to earth, but he has Atlanta this coming week. Uh, expect him to <laughs> him to bounce back because Atlanta is so bad that that's what everyone does against Atlanta. They bounce back. And then the running back position, uh, Dalvin Cook is hurt. We don't know exactly what's going on. Still waiting on the report for him. Obviously, he's a great fantasy option right now. Number two PPR running back overall right behind Kamara. If he doesn't play, if he misses time, then Alexander Madison becomes a top 12 running back this next week against Atlanta. I personally believe Delvin Cook will miss time because they've got Atlanta and then a bye week and then they play Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago. And it would make no sense for them to rush Delvin Cook back against Atlanta when they've got a bye week coming off so he could get two, two weeks of rest for really missing one week. And then they have one, two, three straight divisional matchups against Green Bay where they will need Delvin Cook. So I do not expect Delvin Cook to play this week, and I expect Madison to be the guy top 12 running back. All righty, that is the end of the podcast. Uh, Denver Denver versus New England has been postponed to who knows when. So hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys helped, found it helpful. And I'll see you next time with the starts and sits this week. I'll try to do that podcast. I didn't this week because I was out of town, but that will be back like normal. So make sure you rate this uh, show, The Five Stars, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure you subscribe on TikTok and Instagram. And I will see you guys next time.